first thing that I, I sensed was that, you know, when you have a thing that you love and you give it to the Lord, like, and what I mean by give it to the Lord, not in the religious sense. Religious sense is means give it to us, the church, you know, I don't mean it like that. I mean it like you give it to the Lord, like you just say, Lord, I want to use this thing to worship you with. I want to use this thing to express who you are on the earth. This is a thing that I love, and I want to use it in this way as an expression mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. It, when you do that, you take a thing that's small, and when you give it to him, he takes it and he expands it huge so it just goes whatever it is mushrooms it just mushrooms out and it gets huge Mm -hmm. in our lives okay so this is the thing that we can do it's a thing that people have done throughout time and um he doesn't require anything of us he doesn't the Bible actually says, you know, if you saw when Saul went and he sacrificed those the animals before Samuel got there, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord said, I don't even desire sacrifice. He's like, I don't even need your sacrifice. Wow. God's not looking for sacrifice. What do you think? God needs anything? No. He doesn't need anything. He's God. He's, he, he introduced himself to, um, I think it was either Abraham or Moses as the self-existent one. Mm-hmm. I am that I am. I don't need anything. <laughs> Uh (laughs) right Right. so he doesn't need your sacrifice but what happens is is when we take a thing that God's given us and we give it back to him and we say I want this to be an expression of your Mm -hmm. love through me on the earth he takes it and he expands it because what's the opposite of that mind Uh, mind this is selfish. selfish I have this. This is mine. I'm not giving it to anyone, but it's for me. And God's like, fine, it's for you. But it stays small. (laughs) Because it's a seed. Right. It's a seed. God has put into every person seeds of greatness. Seeds that, when fully realized, become great trees that birds nest in, that people go under for shade. Those are the seeds that are in every person, no matter your age, no matter who you are. There are seeds within you, seeds of God's goodness, seeds of... So you've got to think, no matter matter what age you are, you've got to think of yourself as an eternal being because you are an eternal being. Mm -hmm. God created you that way. The things that God put in you from the time you were born until now, some things have grown and some things have not, but it's not over for them. They will grow out throughout eternity. There are, think about it like this. If you have the potential within you, because the Bible says that in the future, we're going to judge angels. What does that mean? That means that an angel has a dispute. We'll be the arbitrator between that in that dispute. Mm-hmm. We will, we've been given wisdom that comes from God. So we can minister that wisdom to other people, including other beings like angels. That potential's in us now. It's not like that potential comes later. You already have it, but it's growing now. So when you can be an arbitrator between two people on the earth mm-hmm. in the future, you can be the arbitrator between two angels. Wow. It's the same potential within you. Wow. 
the more that we take that thing that God has given us and bring it back up into him, which is within, by the way, but you're giving it up to him within because that's where he is. You're not going into yourself. You're going into the garden, your garden, which is in him. And through that garden, you can go into the heavenly kingdom. You see, so it's very simple. You know, people are like, why are you talking about going inside like a Jew? Well, the scripture says that he put eternity into us. So we're just talking about doors and gates. We're not talking about location. This is the way in, <laughs> is in. <laughs> the way in is in. So these things that we have, that we give to God, because I think what happens sometimes is we want to know what is going to happen with this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have real estate. I have this. I have that. Okay. What's going to happen with it? Yeah. I don't know. Is it any deal of mine? Not necessarily. You know, what we're doing is we're saying, God, this thing you gave me, this thing, I actually, I do it like this. I like this. This is fun for me. It's a good thing. It's good by itself. Boom, it's going up to you. I'm going to take it. And in this that I do, I'm doing it as a form of worship to you. Mm -hmm. And as I do that, it expands. Now, let me show you a scripture in Colossians. Okay, This is the one I, I put it on, online. And I think it has something to do with it, too. It's Colossians 3, okay, verse 23. Let me look, look up on the screen here. Be nice and succinct today. So Colossians 3, and verse 23. And it says this. It says, Put your heart and soul into every activity you do, as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward, an inheritance from the Lord, as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the Anointed One. Okay? Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself. Mm -hmm. Now, this is very interesting because I noticed something. Because a lot of times I almost felt like the people use the scripture for how you should serve the church system. Well, mm -hmm. that's not what the scripture is about. Mm -hmm. It's at all. Okay. God doesn't recognize the church system. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do. So if you look at above it, okay, it talks about employees or servants, you know. So in, a, in the context of this scripture here, we're kind of seeing um, a, a servant, or, or in that time they even had slaves, mm -hmm. and master thing, okay. So, you know, if you were the slave of a good guy, well, you'd want to do the work. But what if you're the slave of a bad guy? Have you ever worked for a bad boss? I mean, anyone who's worked for a bad boss and you say, have you ever worked for a bad boss? They'll be like, right here, because everybody knows what a bad boss is like. Mm -hmm. Bad bosses are terrible. They're disconnected from the work. They make unreasonable demands and they treat everybody terrible. That's a bad boss in a nutshell. Everybody has those. Do you want to do good work for them? No, you don't want to do any work for them. You want to you want to just tell them, why don't you just live in the mess that you made? You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. you're ticked off at them because they didn't treat you good. But in the scripture here, it says, put your heart and soul into every activity that you do as though you're doing it for the Lord. In other words, in a way, I was saying, take the thing that you're doing that you enjoy mm -hmm. and put it up. Just say, Lord, this is an act of worship mm -hmm. for you. This is something I'm giving to you. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that I'm enjoying. I'm not giving it up. I'm not letting it go. I'm doing it with you and in you. Mm -hmm. And as an expression of worship to you, I do this thing. Mm -hmm. I do this for you. I do this thing with you and for you. And then he will take that and expand that out. Now, let me show you what this is in the other translation. 
also known as Yoda. Sorry, not Yoda. It's also known as the Translinear Bible in Aramaic. And this is what it says in Colossians 3.23. And all that you are serving, serve from all your soul, just like our Lord. That's good, huh? Mm -hmm. Do it just like our Lord did. He did everything from deep within his soul. Mm -hmm. He didn't do anything from half-hearted, whatever. He did it deep from within. If anything is to be done, it is to be done well and from your heart. And, you know, sometimes people look at your performance and judge you by your performance. Sure. But God judges and looks at, he doesn't judge, he looks at the heart. He judges a righteous judgment. Mm-hmm. He looks at your heart. There's people that can put on a show and make you just astounded, and their heart is far from what they're doing. Yeah. Far from it. But they know how to put on a good show. And in, in the Aramaic, it's called a face mask. They put on a good face mask. Their face mask is real nice. But their heart is far from what they're doing. Find what God is doing on the inside and move from that spot. Don't move outside of him. Move from within. There's a thing in your heart, things that you love to do. Mm -hmm. Do them in the Lord. Am I saying that this is a career move? I'm not saying it's a career move. I'm talking about doing things in your heart unto the Lord. When you do that, it gets bigger. It expands. Who causes it to grow? God. When you do a thing unto the Lord, in a way, you're planting a seed. And who causes the seeds to grow? Not you. You just plant seeds. No one goes, hey, look at all these seeds I caused to grow. No, all you did was plant them. God causes them to grow. But it's in recognizing him and the things that you do that causes those things to grow. Now, what happens when we complain? We cause things to not grow. (laughs) Because... Complaining in a way is unacknowledging God. Mm-hmm. It's a way of removing the knowledge of God from the situation because we complained about it. Now, who's the ultimate example of complaining in the Bible is the nation of Israel. Aren't they the ultimate complainers? God literally caused um, basically judgments on Egypt that scared the um the most powerful leader in the world at that time, so much that he said, all the slaves can go free. That's how powerful it was. Every single one of those curses on Egypt, it started off slow, right? Hey, here's my staff. Now it's a snake. And all the other, you know, wizards were like, we can do the same thing, right? And then it kept building up, right? And now what do we have? Frogs falling from the sky, rivers turning to blood. We have some crazy stuff going on. He picked every one of their gods, by the way. I don't know if you if you study the if you study um, that that time, God actually picked every single one of the false gods that the Egyptians worshipped. Every single one of those um, curses was against one of their gods. <laughs> every single one, all the way up to the very end, where the Nile turned to blood, and then the final god, which was Pharaoh himself, that was the firstborn. Yeah. So yeah, Pharaoh was the god. Their their final god which was Pharaoh himself, yeah. okay. was judged by God. Wow. And, and then they said, okay, we're out of there, right? So they leave Egypt, you know? So now the, the Israelites are like, I mean, 400 years they were slaves. 400 years. God is very anti-slave. Very, very much so, okay? Mm-hmm. So here we have these slaves, 400 years, generational slavery. It's generational. It's not just a whole bunch of slaves. It's generational. Mm-hmm. The Jews were slaves in Egypt, mm-hmm. Okay. 
they saw themselves as slaves. They were slaves. They were treated very poorly by their boss, Pharaoh. He was very mean to them. Um, at one point, he was so mean to them that he made it harder for them to make bricks. He, made, he literally got went out of his way to make their job harder just out of spite. That's how bad of a guy he was. And they weren't just like working for a living. They were working because that was their life. They didn't even own their own, their, own, their own selves. They didn't own themselves. They were owned by another person. Imagine being owned by another person. Now the Bible is very against slavery. And people are in spiritual slavery all the time. They are slaves to all. The Bible says that we were slaves to sin. And anytime sin said to do something, we just did it. We were slaves. You know, but God set us free from slavery. So anyway, so back to the story. So they get set, they get all of these miracles, one after another. And right, and no, none of the none of the Israelites are getting hurt. None of them. None of them are affected by any of these plagues the on plagues Egypt. The plagues did not did not even reach them. Not, nothing right. touched them. But the Egyptians are, are getting absolutely slammed with these plagues over and over and over again. And Pharaoh's heart is hardened like a rock. He's not moving. I'm not doing it. I'm not letting them go. Have you ever met anybody like that? Never. You know, they're just mean as they can be, and they're not changing. God, you're not changing me. Not going to change. Not going to get it. You know? But God had a purpose there. You know, Pharaoh was set aside as a vessel of dishonor. He was. That's what he was. He was a representative, kind of a lot like, you know, a lot like Judas. Like, what's Judas's purpose? He's the son of perdition, according to Jesus. That's when he was born. God's like, that's the son of perdition. Sorry, dude. Perdition, is that what Perdition, saying? sin, the son, sin, of, sin. son yeah. of sin. Yeah, he was the one that betrayed Jesus, and Jesus knew that, right. you know. And but there he was. Now, did Jesus forgive Judas? Of course he did. Of course he forgave Judas. He forgave everybody that crucified him. He forgave Judas. Now, where's Judas? I personally believe that Judas is not in hell. I believe that he's in heaven now. I I believe that he repented. I do. That's what I believe in my heart. Now, have I seen it? I haven't. Is it possible? I do believe it's possible. People don't, may not like that, but you know what? I know the Lord's love does not fail. You know, some of these people that we think aren't in heaven are. You're right. There may be some learning that they had to do to, to get to that spot where they mm -hmm. could see it. But they did it. I know Judas did not like what he did. He killed himself. He knew he did the wrong thing, but he yeah. didn't know how to get out of it. He didn't know about Jesus' cleansing blood because Jesus was literally being crucified when he did it. Wow. Right. Jesus visited people in hell after he died. You know, you know that. You know who was in hell? Judas. <laughs> wow. So I'm just putting some pieces together here you may not have thought of before, but it is possible. Yes. Do is. I have a scripture? Well, I have a bunch of scriptures that I put together in some logical way. It doesn't conclusively prove it. But you could you could possibly, that could be a possibility. Listen, it's okay to ponder. Some people are so stinking strict with certain things. They don't let you sit and ponder anything. Well, if this is true and that's true, it's possible that's true. Do I know for a fact? No. But can I say that it could be possible? I sure can. You can speculate. You can speculate on spiritual things. You can. It's okay. Okay? So anyway, so you have these plagues, right? So it's a nation. Four million people in this nation. Huge. Okay? God is showing himself so powerful. These are some of the biggest, most... Because, you know, people say, hey... If God wrote his name in the clouds, I believe. I need to see a sign, Jamin, and then I'll believe in God. Well, we have four million people that just saw nine plagues hit the most powerful nation in the world and obliterate every one of their false gods. We have false gods here in America. 
Everybody knows that. It's obvious what their gods, what the gods in America are. Money, business, power, politics, sports. Sport, sports is nothing, but sports is about money. Mm. You know, so so we have these guys that we worship, and what's going to happen to them? They fall over. They always fall over. They're unreliable. They're man-made. They're not even real gods. But we worship them. Why do we worship them? Because we give honor to them. That's how you know what you worship, whatever you give honor to. Mm -hmm. What you talk about is what you honor. Mm -hmm. When you talk about a thing, you honor it. When you don't talk about it, when they don't like somebody in politics, mm -hmm. what do they stop doing? Talking about them. Mm, they don't want you to know about them. They don't want you to think about them. They don't want you to honor them. Okay? We talk about the Lord because we honor the Lord. This right. is something we think about. We think about him, right? So anyway, so we have these nine plagues. They're in Egypt. They're blowing out the Egyptian rulers. Pharaoh has got a hard heart because he was set aside as the hard-hearted Pharaoh. That was the whole point of him. And eventually we have the last plague and it's the firstborn dying, right? So, and that's Pharaoh's son, right? So Pharaoh's son is the son of the God. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're all dead. Okay. And he mm -hmm. says, just get out of here. Wow. So he sends all the Israelites out of Egypt. And, and, and they told him, Moses said, be ready. Get your stuff ready and get out. Because this is the Passover. This is where they had the, the blood over the doorpost, which is a type of Jesus, right? The lamb. They mm -hmm. had to eat the whole lamb. You know, that's that's the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. That was the type of Jesus. This is a very powerful time right now. Very, very powerful. And it, and it has, um, you know, like uh, it reverberates, rever reverberates through, through time and space. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is the Passover. So they leave. Pharaoh changes his mind because he's got a hard heart. He's like, I'm going to go after him, right? And so what happens? They end up at Red sea. the Red Sea. Oh. And here they are at the Red Sea, and they got their back up to the Red Sea, oh. and their other back up to Pharaoh's armies coming after them. Oh, well, they left. They even took the people of Egypt, gave them their jewels. They did? Yes, they left. They, they, they were loaded. They gave them all oh. their jewelry. Yep. They gave them all kinds of precious things. All, wow. just everything, just, they just gave it to them. Wow. And, I mean, that's their slaves, and they gave them their jewels and everything, and just said, just go. Yeah. So they left, they actually plundered the They the plundered, they, they basically mm -hmm. plundered the entire nation, and, and then they took off with all their stuff. were asked to leave. It wasn't wow. like they had to no, they steal were, it. No, they were commanded to leave. He they was like, angry. He said, get out of my country. He was mad. He was super mad. Wow. And then he changed his mind because all of his, all of his slaves were leaving. Yeah. <laughs> He's like... Oh no! What am I gonna do? How am I gonna How am I gonna build anything? Yeah, you know, so he so, he was gonna take care of me. I just told four million slaves to leave. So he 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 chases after him, right? So Moses is standing there at the at the Red Sea, and uh, he's like, you know, the people of Israel come up to him, and they're like, uh, Moses, what are you gonna do? Yeah, you know, and Moses is like, everybody chill out, everybody stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And people use that scripture all the time to, for people to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But you know what happens when he says that? God's like, what do you mean stand still? He's like, what do you have in your hand? You need to do something. What is in your hand? He said, the staff. He said, take the staff and strike and put it over the sea. That's what he told Moses. Because God was like, he's very straight with Moses. Yeah. You know, he, they're, they're friends. Yeah. You're straight with your friends. You're telling right. the truth, right? So he's like, what do you have in your hand? It's like my staff. He's like, well, use the staff, put it over the, put it over the sea. 
And now we know what happens when he puts the staff over the sea is the sea opens up, splits open. Okay, and we all know this story because we're told it from when we're really young about the children of Israel going across the Red Sea. So they go across the sea on the dry land. They go right through it on the dry land and they have all the memes and things online you can see and you can watch the movie, The Ten Commandments. All sorts of reenactments of this because it's an amazing thing that happened. Mm -hmm. Then here comes Pharaoh's chariots into the sea. We're on the other side now. Done, right? And they've actually done some research and they actually did find chariots at the bottom of the Red Sea. They did. They did find them, yes. Oh, yeah. They were down there. And this is probably not a, a, a tale the Egyptians would like to pass down through the generations. It's a oh. bit embarrassing. Okay. Um, but, the there, <clears throat> but there is records lost, of this. Right? Yeah, and you have records of Moses, uh, uh-huh. as because he was a pharaoh too, pretty much. I mean, he, uh-huh. was with, he was with them, those guys. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So that's a pretty amazing miracle. Wow, I mean, you have the nine plagues, you have the Red Sea, and then they go to Sinai, and God meets them on Sinai. You have all you have the Ten Commandments. You have all this stuff happening, yes. right? And then they go and wander around in the desert. They're wandering. But in the desert, according to God, that was their honeymoon. Really? That was the time where they got to know him, and he got to know them. Wow, yep. that was called a honeymoon. That was a honeymoon time for them. But they complained for 40 years. Now, really? they complained about food. Now, here's how God fed them. Manna appeared on the ground every morning to feed them. It is the food of angels. You don't need a lot of it, and it fills you up, and it gives you strength and nourishment. It's the food of angels. He literally delivered food. He uber eated for them Every single day from wow. angels. Wow. Each and they morning, right? it was there. And they complained. Yeah. We're tired of this manna. That's what they said. And then they were like, we want to go back to Egypt. So what are we doing, right? So my point at the beginning was complaining is unacknowledging God. It's mm. taking the knowledge of God out of the situation. In order to complain, they had to take the knowledge of the Red Sea, the plagues, the feeding of manna, the Sinai, the water. You know, they needed water that in, when they were in the desert. All the miracles, they had to completely remove that knowledge in order to complain. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So this is what, the, this is what Israel did. So people who say, oh, if I see a sign from God, I'll believe. Well, look at Israel. They saw a lot of signs from God, and they complained. Yeah. <laughs> but he showed them. It was a time, it was a trying time. Those people all died. They couldn't go into the promised land. You know why? Because they didn't want to go in the promised land. It wasn't like God was like, you're bad, you can't go to the promised land. They literally disqualified themselves from going to the promised land by complaining. They were saying, I don't want this. So God's like, well, you don't get it then. That's what complaining is. It's saying, I don't want this. Right. Wow, I can't imagine they were complaining. They complained a lot. Wow. And Moses was up. Moses like complained to God. They were complaining so much. He's like, they keep complaining. He's like, what am I supposed to do with these guys? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, like they have the best of the best. Right. You know. But here, and they had all those. Well, you know, all those jewels and stuff. They took. They they melted it down and made an idol out of it. They screwed everything up, right? Uh, so they did. They did a lot of funny stuff, right? Why is that? Well, their their hearts weren't right because they, they didn't know the Lord then. You know, they were just learning about him. Mm-hmm. But it shows you a lot about how separated we are from God. 
without him, yes. we really have no idea what is going on. We really need the spirit mm -hmm. of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, Moses had the spirit of the Lord, which made him different. The priest had the spirit of the Lord on them. It's called anointed is what the Bible calls it. They were anointed. Mm -hmm. So when the anointing or the, the spirit of God was on a person, they were like another man. Wow. Pretty amazing. Yeah. In the Bible, they had groups of people called prophets. Mm -hmm. They would prophesy. Mm -hmm. They would speak words that came directly from God. It's in the Bible. They're called prophets. They're mm -hmm. real. Mm -hmm. And when the Spirit of God would come onto a prophet, they would prophesy. And one day, the Spirit of God came on like 70 or so people, and they all started prophesying. And Moses is like, what is going on? Because this was not common. Like, to have the Spirit. Because mm -hmm. when the Spirit comes on you, you're, no, you're another person. Right. The Spirit can come on us, for sure. Right? But we actually have the Spirit in us, too. And they began to speak and prophesy the words of God. And Moses is like, oh, all of God's people had the Spirit. That would be awesome. Wow. Well, you know what he was doing? He was prophesying himself. In the book of Acts. In the last days, the Apostle Peter taught in Acts the book of Acts, okay. in the Bible, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Wow. That's what the Bible says. So we're in that time now. But it is interesting to see how God worked up to that, to that point of that knowledge of to be filled with the Spirit, to be overflowing with the Spirit, to have the Spirit upon you and have the Spirit within you and then begin to move by the Spirit. All of God's people. This is all of us. It's beautiful. We don't need to take this and reserve it. Five-fold ministry. What are we in the Old Testament? Give me a break. The, mm -hmm. You're all anointed by the Lord. Walk in that anointing. Be anointed. Five-fold is example people. We're example people. Five-fold, and anyway, we're out of that, mm -hmm. that stage anyway. But during the fivefold, it was for examples. It wasn't to say these are the special people. Let God work in you. Be quiet and minister and let the Lord minister to you. Drink in of the Spirit by intention of your heart. Say, I'm going to drink in of the Holy Spirit right now. The Spirit of God, I'm going to just drink like I was drinking a drink. Like I was taking a swig of coffee. I'm just going to mm -hmm. take a swig of the Spirit, you know. Mm -hmm. And that is what, and the Spirit is in the Bible is like a wine. You know, but it's a good wine. It doesn't mess you up. <laughs> the other wine messes you up. Yeah. This wine fixes you up. Okay. Okay, that's the good wine. Mm -hmm. So you take, and the Bible actually calls it the new wine. The new wine. The new wine. <laughs> so you take that wine of the Spirit, drink in of the Spirit, by, by your heart intention, you know, by your heart, and you say, Lord, I drink in of the Spirit right now. Just drink in of the Holy Spirit. Deep, deep drink. See? And it's this and it's the joy, the joy of Yahweh, the joy of the Lord. The Bible talks about the joy of the Spirit being within us. Just take that drink of the Spirit. And just allow the Lord to just fill you up. Anything that's not of God, anything that's not Him, it's just all funny stuff. It just is draining out. Why? Because you're becoming overfilled, overflowing with the joy of the Lord. So this is where God has brought us. So in all that you are serving, serve from all your soul. 
just like our Lord. Jesus didn't do anything he didn't want to do. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You ever think about that? The Bible says that God only does things that he enjoys. Mm-hmm. We're taught that you're supposed to do things that you don't enjoy, and that means that that's God. That is so not God. Now, does God like to sin? No, God can't even sin. What is sin anyway, but not God? Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. It's it's not a thing. Right. Why engage in not a thing? Enjoy the love of God. Enjoy the joy of the Spirit. Enjoy the drinking in of the goodness of God. Take it in. And leave the soul to come into rest. Okay. And now there we are. Oh, the funny thing, soul, you're so busy. You're so silly. <laughs> this is like a little child. I gotta run over here. I gotta run over there. Run over here. It's your soul. Your soul is silly. But it needs to be shepherded because a soul out of control is not a good situation. Right. You ever seen somebody who has a soul out of control? Have you ever had your soul out of control? You've got to bring it back into, bring it into line. Be shepherded from above, the Bible says. Be shepherded, be led by the good shepherd, Jesus. By the Lord, by the Lord. Don't take a substitute shepherd. Don't take a substitute shepherd. Don't be shepherded by a ministry. Be shepherded by the Lord. Don't receive revelation from the ministry. Receive revelation from the Lord. Now, there are people that God may speak through. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But understand where that source is. It's the Lord. That's top shelf. It is. Mm-hmm. It's always him. Okay? But here's the secret. Now, let me show you this. This is very important. This is very important. <clears throat> Listen. When you do something, okay? Mm-hmm. When you're doing your serving, okay? Mm-hmm. In other words... Maybe you're working a job. Maybe you're just like doing the dishes, whatever it is you're doing, right? When you're doing it in him and you're enjoying the Lord in it, just like washing the dish. I'm just thinking about the Lord and I'm enjoying the Lord. Mm -hmm. Doing the laundry, hanging things up. I'm just enjoying the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Just enjoying the Lord walking outside. I'm just with him. I'm in. I'm in the spirit. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm not here. I'm with him. Yeah. I'm doing those things as unto the Lord. But look what it says in verse 24. Know that you are receiving a paycheck from the Lord. <laughs> this is a great secret. Uh-huh. People want to know, how do you make money? Well, do your stuff as to the Lord because the Lord's like, oh, he's doing it for me. He'll pay out. I'm telling you, he pays. Uh-huh. I'm on a fixed income. We'll do it to the Lord because it's not fixed with him. Do what you do to the Lord. Unto the Lord because he pays you. (laughs) Why would you do it to men? They're stingy as anything. (laughs) Right. I I just saw it today. I was like, you know, I think I'm going to teach that today. Yeah. You know, because that's pretty cool. You're you're doing it unto the Lord. Yes. And then you get a paycheck from the Lord. If you complain... You get nothing. Now you're limiting yourself to the lower realm. You're limiting yourself to the supply of the earth. Mm-hmm. Your supply doesn't come from the earth. You bring a supply to the earth. Son of a 
You bring it because your supply comes from heaven. Mm -hmm. You bring the supply to the earth from heaven. This is why men get so frustrated, and women, because they're trying to pull stuff out of the earth that the earth doesn't have to give them, and it's mad at them anyway because it's sin. Mm -hmm. If we would reverse that, get our strength, get our source of whatever we need from him, which is from above on the inside, and then deliver that to the earth. Now we're working in a different realm. Now we're into quantum physics. <laughs> Not just regular physics. We've now moved to quantum physics. Um, because now we're moving in a substance that is not perceptible with our eyes. We're moving into an invisible realm or a spiritual realm where our supply comes from the above. It comes from heaven, the source of all life. Why do we even have an earth? Well, it came from heaven. Well, what do you think sustains the earth? Heaven. Heaven sustains the earth. Heaven, technically, the earth is in heaven. Technically, just saying technically. But what happened was with the fall, it got out of alignment. So it's kind of has this connection that's a little off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's coming back. It's coming back. It's going to come back. And it's going to be exactly in line. The Bible very clearly says there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So something's happening to the heavens and the earth it is bringing it back into alignment to what its original intention was. Why do you think the earth quaked when Jesus died? Because it remembered. What happened was when Jesus died, the blood that came from his body fell to the earth. And when the blood of the Son of God, Yahweh, the Son, Yahweh's salvation, falls to the earth, Mm -hmm. that blood went into the ground. Because remember the blood of Abel. Mm-hmm. Remember Cain and Abel? Mm-hmm. That blood went into the ground. And you know what that blood? Because the blood has a voice, a frequency, or like you were saying earlier, words that it speaks. Okay. The voice and the words of Abel, that Cain and Abel, because Cain killed Abel, right? We know this. Right. This was not a good deal. Right. You know, Cain killed Abel, and God's like, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, my, my sacrifice. And he's like, look, I would have accepted your sacrifice too. Your heart was wrong. He told him. It was very clear what it was. You should have just come to me. But now, he's like, your brother's blood is crying out to us all day long. We're in heaven, and we're like, oh, there it is again. And what is he saying? Crying out for Justice. He was killed. Mm -hmm. Wrongly. There was no reason that he should have died. So that blood was speaking a voice, a frequency, a sound in heaven. And God's like, I'm listening to this sound. And he's talking to Cain. He's like, what in the world? Dude, what did you do? Right. And now what do we have all over the earth? Murder. War. People killing people. All these voices. Calling out for justice. Mm-hmm. This is wrong what happened to me. These wars, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. All these people died. And we ever watched World War One? even? Oh, it was terrible. They did terrible things. World War II, terrible. Now we have war in Ukraine. Terrible. People are dying. What is wrong with them? Stop. (laughs) They're making money off of blood. Blood money. You make, you kill more people, you pay more money for more weapons. It's blood for money. It's a blood money thing. It's very demonic. Okay. So all this blood now is crying out into the heaven. So there's a frequency still on the earth, just like Abel's blood. 
But when Jesus died, he's the son of God. His blood went into the ground. Right. And his blood, the Bible says, speaks a stronger word yes. than the blood of Abel. Oh. And his blood says, righteous. Mm. His blood says, I will take upon myself all of the injustice of the world. I will bear in my body all of the cries for justice and I will be the one who dies. I will die your death so that you can have life. Wow. That blood that came from Jesus' body fell to the earth and when it fell, the earth shook because the earth remembered. The earth remembered what it was like before Cain and Abel, before the sin in the garden, before and the original intention and purpose of the earth and what God made this planet for is coming back into manifestation. And you can watch the news and you can watch whatever and they can be so far from this knowledge. You'd be like, you're living in a different world. They are living in a different world. Quantumly, they are living in a, on a completely different planet. But we come from above. Mm -hmm. We know the creator of all things and we know his intention. We know what the twisted looks like, but we know what the righteous look like. Now, remember what I said. God gave us his spirit. The Bible says that when the spirit is on you, you have power. To do what? To do the works of Jesus. The same things that Jesus does, you do now. Because the spirit of God comes upon you. And when the spirit of God is upon you, you can do the mighty works of Jesus. And when you do the mighty works of Jesus, what are you doing? All of those things that are not right, all of those twisted, wicked things that have been twisted and turned into all sorts of nastiness, and you're like, what in the world am I looking at? <laughs> the spirit will untwist it and bring it back into its right place. When Jesus went about, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, healing all. He would go into a town and they would bring their sick out and he healed every single one of them. There were so many coming. My dad was talking about this the other day. There were so many coming to him that he didn't have a chance to literally lay hands on everyone. So he walked like this with his arms out and he just walked through their entire crowd. And as he walked through, everyone's healed. Wow. That's the spirit. The spirit of the Lord, Jesus said, is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bound. This is the message of the gospel. So all of this twisted nastiness, and now we have the blood of Jesus, which speaks a greater word than the blood of Abel. So what are we going to associate ourselves with? The blood of Jesus. It's the greater word. It's the greater, because blood has a frequency. It's the greater frequency. It's in the ground. It speaks a word that is greater than the blood of Abel. It's a greater word. It's a, that means it's stronger. <laughs> it's stronger. It's greater. Mm -hmm. So this is why we align ourselves with the higher instead of with the lower. When you complain, you take God out of the situation. Mm -hmm. When you're thankful, you say, this is from you, Lord bringing it back up. He expands it. He multiplies it. And it becomes 
a blessing to their life. Amen? That's beautiful. Amen. That's it, guys. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the good word, the good seed of your word that is sown in our hearts. We thank you that that water of the Spirit is watering that word, that it's growing day by day within us. Your word is growing in us. Your revelation of who we are is growing within us. There is supernatural abundance and light is coming from within our hearts. Light and revelation, things that we've never seen before, we can see because the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge is upon us. We are beginning to see, beginning to know, beginning to grow into who we really are. We just thank you, Father. We just meditate in you today. We see ourselves as sons of light. Sons of light. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.